0: Welcome to the Rolling Stone Studs, a podcast about the baddest boys of the British Invasion, hosted by your own bad boys. It's Pete.
1: And PJ.
0: And this is a Beach Boys Boys production.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That was that right. was a drop we pre-recorded.
0: Yeah. I mean, for now, since the drops are just in our voices, <laughs> technically yeah. it doesn't matter whether it's a real drop or not. We I guess should, our tone will change slightly every time. but
1: Since our, our stable of podcasts is growing on the Beach Boys mm-hmm. Boys network, um, we should really hire a voiceover guy to do that.
0: Yeah, it's getting confusing because the Buffalo Springfield boys are uh, stealing yeah. our drops, so their listeners are starting to not know what's going on anymore. Yeah. So. But then those Hollies heads, they're also stealing the old Beach Boys drops. It's just It's getting a little too incestuous right now yeah um, who the chumbawamba the women
1: too are they're
0: yeah oh right because yes really only approaching on
1: our territory
0: only men can talk about 60s rock but women yeah. can talk about any any other groups yeah. exactly yeah the destiny's child dames
1: <laughs> yeah which is weird because that one's uh, also men
0: <laughs> it's mostly just funny the idea of women podcasting you know
1: yeah they can yeah. have, uh, they can have true crime podcasts. Leave the comedy guess, to the men, okay, yeah. ladies. Why
0: is that, that? that's all that they get. But oh well. And the oh wait no, even the I was gonna say the Gilmore Girls podcast, but that's called the Gilmore. The Gilmore guys. guys. So yeah. It's a pretty obvious example of men stealing a a thing to just do themselves instead. Yeah. Oh well. Thankfully, zero women or really anybody else was staking. The claim as for a Rolling Stones podcast, so we could swoop That's right true. in there and take it with yeah. no fight at all.
1: <laughs> exactly, it's exactly what happened with our uh, former podcast, the Beach Boys boys. Yeah, not a cause... single other good podcast about it.
0: Now, let me ask you. First of all, I did want to just mention. I know we mentioned on a on a previous episode. Uh, like what other Rolling Stones podcasts there are and how we're truly, uh, as far as we can tell, the only one that goes through song by song, album by Mm -hmm. album, with our patented ranking system. Exactly. uh, Going through their career in such detail. But when we started the Beach Boys Boys, were we aware of...
1: Do you remember? I believe we were not because we may have no we were i know we we, lifted up a little bit we have texts between one another that says there's like one other one but that's not a big deal because all the other bands we were thinking about doing had like six or seven right and so we're like one that's pretty good we're willing to uh yeah we're willing to uh start a podcast beef over that at the very least
0: yeah I like. I guess. I guess I'm just trying to say I like to think that we tried to Google it and their name didn't show up. But then yeah. once we started a podcast, Google was like, "Oh, now there's two. We need to start including them in the results." Yeah. And so we really bumped on into their current status as the as mm-hmm. the, the number top two search Beach- on Google. Yeah. yeah. They're the number two podcast, but they're the top search on Google, and yeah. it was really just the Beach Boys boys bump that got it up there, just I th- by. I th- I th- yeah, uh, you know, critical mass of, of Beach Boys. The the, the quadruple
1: B. The yeah, Beach Boys boys bump.
0: Well, once the uh, that other podcast that I can never remember the name of, the third it Beach Boys matter. podcast. Once yeah. yeah, once they came to the game, they actually ruined it because then Google realized that there were enough of these that actually none of them mattered so now when you search yeah. beach boys boys podcast you just get that weird google page where it's like there were no results no results for your search there is nothing here geez we mean, searched everywhere and there was nothing yeah. Yeah. did you mean the rolling stone studs is really yeah. what it says now so yeah. <laughs> which is what people should mean because that's yeah that's who we are now. for real because you know what pj buck the beach boys look
1: fuck em.
0: i'll say it it's just it doesn't matter anymore man now we're stoners and there's nothing yeah. people can say about it
1: we're bad boys we hate surfing now and i live in foggy yeah. old london town yeah exactly you can't surf in london no maybe Nobody's... surf
0: the trash outside your door that you have to walk through to get down to the club for a pint
1: exactly hmm? exactly but
0: you'd surf that on what like a trash can lid
1: I can yeah, think of nothing the, more British,
0: know, <laughs> nothing more quintessentially London, than a man surfing down his front steps on a trash can lid, over a bunch of scattered papers
1: and chip bags. Yeah, to get and to the y- to the pub for a pint. You know, you said garbage can, and I got confused because here we call <laughs> it a bin. Yeah, so, rubbish bin. Yeah, a rubbish I forgot bin, about yeah. that.
0: That's interesting. I only came to visit you the one time, so I'm still a little unclear on the vernacular.
1: Yeah, you're you're kind of shaky on all the cool British slang that I know nowadays, mate. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know, it is... Um... How you doing, PJ? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, Pete. How you doing? How you doing yeah. this uh, fine evening?
0: I'm doing all right. I had a nice... A nice holiday break and uh, ready to get back into the swing of things, which mostly means recording this podcast.
1: Hell yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. our first uh, episode back mm. came out yesterday, the day before. Oh, yeah. At, as That's of this exciting. recording. So, yeah. So,
0: all the listeners will be hearing this uh, two to three weeks later, probably yeah but they'll know that we know that they've already heard some of the episodes wait they would know that anyway i'm not sure what the point is of saying that the
1: first episode is
0: out on a future episode
1: you know just to give people that a help, vague exactly. understanding you know it's uh, okay. weird though i was looking we just at... want
0: them to know that we know yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you didn't accidentally hit publish
1: um i was looking at our. Uh, and we 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 never talk specific numbers on this podcast. Oh but, no! Uh, I was no. looking at mostly.
0: I can't count that high. Uh,
1: I'm I'm gonna say four or five max for me. Yeah. Um,
0: but uh, sorry. I should say I can't count that high in a language other than than English. I only know Uno dos tres.
1: Yeah, Catorce. Catorce. Yeah. <laughs> um, our most listened to episode is the finale. Of the Beach Boys, boys.
0: Wow, I'm really <laughs> surprised by that. It's, I would have thought weird. it was the last episode before we took a like five month long break.
1: That before the finale, it was the one where I did a rap at the beginning.
0: Nice. That yeah. should be the most listened to episode. Yeah. Yeah. That deserves it.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a good one. PJ, how do you think a rap about the Rolling Stones would go? Just off the top of your head. I like the blues, <laughs> and I'm here to say I like to party in a Rolling Stones way. Gimme the tongue, gimme the lips, I'm gonna shake your little hips. You know, something like that's that. That's mixed little hips, I
0: assume. Yeah, mixed little yeah.
1: hips. Oh, God, you're so much better at this. You should be an <laughs> MC.
0: Yeah, just, you know, it's that's a good job for me because I only really have to say anything when I think of something good every 10 yeah. minutes, so... <laughs> Which really should probably be my role on this podcast, but instead, top banana. So, well, what are you gonna do,
1: top banana? If we're talking apples,
0: (laughs) (laughs) sure. Yeah, prime peach. They call me.
1: Well, I call you the, um, a little bitch. Yeah, what's the peach pit? Is that from
0: that '70s show?
1: No, I believe that is from um, "Saved by the Bell."
0: Ah, never saw that one. Are you watching the remake, PJ? The reboot of "Saved by the Bell."
1: You know, I am just such a big fan of um, Screech, uh, no. but not not the character. I just love Dustin Diamond. Oh, um, okay, as a person, I just think he's a really good dude, and not really creepy or just weird all around. And yeah, I think he's just a good solid dude. And, um, yeah. So that's why I've been watching it just to see Dustin Diamond get back on the swing of things. So it kind of sounds like our love of Mike Love. Exactly. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's cool. That's nice. Dustin Diamond, uh, not a professional wrestler.
1: Um, I, there, I believe there was a point in his career where oh, that okay. was the
0: case. That name, I can't think of. I just imagine a professional
1: wrestler when you say the name Dustin Diamond. See, I imagined a porn star, which is uh, Ooh. makes a lot of sense because he did do, sell a sex tape that he made that years later he oh. came out and said that it was not actually him in the sex tape. <laughs> Look at that. You know, I think no matter
0: your you know actual or stage name you really want to keep the word dust out of anything associated with Mm -hmm. porn is my thought
1: (laughs) yeah unless it's like that geriatric porn they've been making these last couple years that's true
0: milfs just keep getting older pj (laughs) (laughs) you know i have to say eh, probably shouldn't be said out loud but dusty hot hot name like dusty springfield is a just as a name
1: Yeah, that's Sexy. the only only person I can uh, think of named Dusty. No, there was the Southern kid in high school that I knew. I feel
0: like yeah, I feel like men named Dusty I know of but only like in real life.
1: Yeah, there was yeah.
0: I think we probably knew the same Dusty. I have to yeah.
1: assume. Yeah. Does he do you know what he's up to now?
0: Does uh, no. I honestly don't even know if I'm thinking of the same person. I just, that just sounds
1: familiar from high There school. can't be more than one person from our high school named Dusty, right? <laughs> I don't know, PJ. It was in the boondocks. Oh. There might have been a few.
0: Honestly, I'm thinking of a kid named Rusty.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, uh, at a high school where people used to take take guns to school hunting rifles to school in their trucks it uh only makes sense that there would be a dusty and a
1: rusty and maybe more than one of each
0: yeah yeah that does seem right huh
1: yeah that i mean that's just classic anaheim for you baby
0: yeah hey pj speaking of tv saved by the bell in case you forgot
1: okay we have
0: some rolling stones news oh give me oh wait 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 yeah we have a song Uh We've got Rolling Stones news, Pete. Some Rolling Stones news. According to the uh, Young Upstart music blog that's trying to usurp the throne of the uh, the real original music magazine named after the Rolling Stones, Pitchfork, mm-hmm. uh, there is a television program in the works about the rolling stones
1: PJ. a television program yeah not even a biopic the... a bio no, show which,
0: i mean in this era the golden age of television it can mm. it can only be said we're in the golden age of television uh, honestly i Absolutely. feel like a tv shows the way to go there especially although i am surprised that there have been a ton of music biopics lately yeah. It seems like the Stones could be due for one, but... Um, there's not one already yeah, that literally. I know of. No, I was thinking about that the other day, trying to... Yeah, because there's a million documentaries about the Stones, but trying yeah. to think if there was a biopic, and they must just not have licensed their music to anyone, So, because you would think there would have been already if they had agreed they, to
1: it. but They could have done what uh, the people who made a Jimi Hendrix biopic did and not use any Jimi Hendrix music. Yeah, Or that new David Bowie one that's apparently ass. I didn't know about this.
0: Yeah, it was really under the radar because it came out this year when theaters weren't open, you know. Um, Right. And it was already like kind of supposed to be bad. Like before it even came out, people were saying it was going to be bad because they couldn't use his music. And then the guy they cast is apparently just a really bad actor. I forget his name. Uh, but I was listening to another music podcast that we will not mention the name of. Good. And one of the hosts had watched it and said he basically spent the entire time doing like his own take on David Bowie.
1: Ooh, that's a which bad sounded
0: nothing like David Bowie and like didn't act like David Bowie and just like I guess they assumed if they couldn't get his music they just go full on into like. We'll just have this be like a David Bowie-like character. But, yeah, it was weird, apparently. They also uh, chose, for the David Bowie one, by the way, a weird time period. It's like, it's before he's famous. It's some tour he did of America in, like, 1968 when no one in America knew who he was. And it was during his period where it was just, like, him solo with an acoustic guitar, wearing a dress, playing shows by himself. Huh. And that's the, like, era that they decided to show for the movie
1: that sounds bad and then i think it like
0: ends with him coming up with the idea for ziggy stardust like at the very end of the movie i'm looking
1: at a picture of the gentleman who um yeah played david bowie his name is johnny flynn which also sounds like a porn star name um looks nothing like david bowie and like even the pictures of him as bowie like you Holy know. shit, he they could have cast this better. <laughs>
0: well, like if you're not going to get the music, it just seems like they should go all in for something else. Like okay, if yeah. you're not going to get the music, do like his coke period where he doesn't know like what he did for a year, you know, oh, the like the 1977 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like then do that period and just make it like a crazy like druggy weird yeah. movie. Um kind of like um I don't know what I'm thinking of,
1: but just, you know, make it... The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnas.
0: Yeah, just make it, like, really fucking weird and over the top yeah. instead of, like... Yeah, I don't know. It but looks anyhow, bad. Yeah. They're making a... Uh, so, the, I have high hopes for a TV show over a movie, I guess is what I'm saying, because the recent biopics yeah. are very hit or miss.
1: Um, yeah. The, 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 the height of biopics was, like, the mid-2000s. Yeah, like the like, Walk the Line era. Yeah, Walk the Line, Ray... Um. Yeah, I feel like there was another really good one that came out around that same time, but probably. Um, yeah. <laughs> Recently, they've been terrible. Like that Queen one was yeah. not good. The fucking yeah. uh, Rocket Man one apparently yeah. was just incredibly inaccurate.
0: Yeah, you know what's funny about Rocket Man? I did not see it, but I think <laughs> maybe also on this same not to be mentioned music podcast they talked about Rocket Man too, but. Someone was talking about it, and they um, Hmm. apparently in Rocket Man, there's scenes of Elton John having life experiences that match up with the lyrics to his songs, and like that's how he supposedly was inspired to write the songs. Which is not taking into account the fact that he did not write any of his own lyrics, and none of them were based off his own life experiences. (laughs) Yeah, Bernie Taupin wrote all his lyrics. It's it's so weird, (laughs) and also just seems like a weird, random fuck you to Bernie (laughs) Toppin. Oh, to make the biopic and be like, no, you didn't actually have any imagination or creativity throughout this period. It was all just he randomly ran into a uh, a Rocket um, Man, crocodile rocking, or a Rocket Man. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he saw Rocket the Rocketeer and then wrote that song. Oh, that has to be it yeah i don't think those timelines match up at all but i can't think of another reason you would think of rocket man no um or crocodile rock honestly but speaking of bowie i actually think the way that they did the and speaking of the beach boys the way they did the love and mercy documentary where they did the yeah. two periods of his life juxtaposed yeah dude would that work was... really well for david bowie
1: because you can I do so like too.
0: His crazy '70s period, and then like his '80s comeback or something. I don't know. Yeah, but
1: Love and Mercy was good. I we we never we never talked about it on uh, the Beach Boys. Place. No, that's
0: true. We didn't. I it's a good movie though. The Paul Dano parts were like yeah. one of the better music movies I've ever seen. Absolutely. And then the John Cusack parts were fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, John Cusack did a surprisingly good job of playing somebody who looks
0: nothing like. That's true. Both of them to some, I mean, Paul yeah. Dano looked more like him, but both of yeah. them, it was a good, uh, Johnny Flynn could have learned a thing or two about like being able to play a person who you really don't look like can work if yeah. you are a good enough actor.
1: Exactly. Anyway, back to the Rolling Stones television program.
0: Um, actually, I actually had one more thought about <laughs> love and mercy, which is, I remember not liking the John Cusack parts, but I would probably actually like them more now that I know more about Brian's life. Yeah. I saw that movie before I knew really anything about him outside of like the pet sounds era. So yeah, I'm sure that would make a difference. Probably. Um, yeah. So the Rolling Stones show, the FX is making it, which, you know, if they can do it, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Why not a rolling? I assume the Rolling Stones show will just be those actors. Yeah. And the same writing staff, but based off the Rolling Stones
1: lives. Rob McElhenney plays Brian mm-hmm. Jones. <laughs> Danny DeVito plays Mick so. Jagger. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, okay. Actually, wait. There's five of them, so we can do this. Okay. Uh,
1: um, Charlie Day would play Keith, because that would be hilarious.
0: I think Charlie Day would have to be Keith. I think Danny DeVito would actually be Charlie Watts, just for the juxtaposition <laughs> between actual <laughs> it makes personality and...
1: And but i would love to see dan Vito play mick jagger and him, do any dances like that mick doing jagger has done yeah
0: doing the mick but, jagger dancing i'm just more thinking that i forget the guy's name but the main actor i just feel like they wouldn't not make him him mick you know
1: what do you problem. mean by the main actor
0: and it's always Sonny, the main
1: dude I don't know that there's a main dude in it's. Well, the guy there. who I
0: think of is the main dude. Then getting set my brain, PJ. He's also an AP bio. Oh, um, Dennis, and that actor's name right. is. I don't know it.
1: I do know it. But
0: Dennis. Um, and then I feel like D's got to be, Bill Wyman probably.
1: Yeah. And then likes D.
0: Yeah, Matt could be Brian Jones, sure. Apparently Nick Hornby is writing the series. Oh. Yeah. Did High Fidelity. Right. Um Did you do the series then, High Fidelity as well? Because that's on FX, I believe. Yeah, that would make sense. Yep. And then the people who produce the crown are producing it, so why Weird, not, man? But okay, yeah. Hey, they know Britain. They know yeah. it like the backwards and
1: forwards, so Exactly. So backwards yeah. would be Let's see. If we're st- if we're talking now backwards in British history, I think we start with the ginger boy himself, Mr. Edward Sheeran.
0: Ginger and boy. Be-
1: before that, Oasis. Before that.
0: Well, no, no, no. Between Ed Sheeran and Oasis, there's the guy from that Beatles movie who wrote all the Beatles songs.
1: That's right. Um, yeah. He's definitely so up there. Ed Sheeran, um, that Indian gentleman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Oasis. Mm-hmm. And then uh, was Def Leppard British? Sure. Let's say they were. Yeah, Def Leppard. And then the Stones. And that's it. And then yeah. oh, and then, then all you of got the, the Stones. The all of the events in the Crown. And then all of the events mm-hmm. on the Tudors. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe before that, all of the events on Game of Thrones. I'm not really sure where that, if that's before or after. Yeah. Um, the Tudors. Um, I think but, that's a
0: galaxy far, far away, long time ago kind of situation. Okay. So
1: maybe the yeah. same time as the Tudors? Maybe Downton Abbey? Probably. Maybe probably the same Down time Abbey, as Downton Abbey. Abbey. That show yeah.
0: Vikings probably slots in there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Assume. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that is yeah.
1: the backwards history of Britain. So a Rolling
0: Stones show would be very interesting and fingers crossed it comes out before we're done with this podcast and then we can just turn this podcast into a tv show review podcast yeah i
1: think you mean sticky fingers crossed
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think i do pj
1: well pj that's been beach boys news
0: yeah um rolling stones news
1: sorry rolling stones news that's what i said (laughs) there is no beach boys news no nobody cares about especially not us. us Um.
0: Do you want to talk a little bit about the bad boys of London?
1: I would love to talk about the bad boys of London. Mick. Mick. Keith. That's one. Keith. That's another. Bill Wyman. Brian. Bill. Mm. Brian and Bill. And then you holding write- up the back, Chucky. Chucky Dubs. That's what they yep. call him. That's right the backbone of the group i hear if you had to rate them Mm. uh in order of baddest to least baddest
0: Mm. easy
1: oh right now no 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 no. just uh uh
0: i thought i had a couple weeks
1: okay um Mm. i'm really putting you on the spot here sorry bud
0: yeah see i was gonna call over to uh 10 baker street and get a little background check on all of them see what they've been brought in for by the fuzz and uh that is not the the what address it's scotland yard (laughs) scotland yard (laughs) is what i'm thinking of 10 baker street isn't that where sherlock holmes that's where sherlock holmes (laughs) (laughs) good i mean close enough sherlock would know i'm sure he
1: has his own database and and if he didn't he could just look at him and tell us what he's been in jail for exactly yeah, Yeah. do you
0: think Sherlock ever ran into the stones? Okay, we're getting off
1: track. Yeah, sorry. Getting off track. Uh, Whew. Um, what if Sherlock Holmes was in the Rolling Stones? <laughs> oh so, least, no, no, sorry, back on track.
0: Wait, back so am I going from least to most or most to least?
1: Let's go most to least. No, let's go most least to, to least. most. That's more fun.
0: Least to most I think will be easier because Charlie's coming in dead last for sure. Uh, all right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean- not to not to keep bringing up this fucking book i keep i'm reading but there's some quote from him in there about how he thinks he was the lamest like rock and roll star of the 60s
1: yeah from hanging out with all that motel
0: room and drink milk like he never did i think he smoked weed but he never did any other drugs and he yeah it was kind of funny because the authors talking to him when he's like 70 or whatever and he's like yeah i guess i kind of regret not dropping acid everyone seemed like they enjoyed it but yeah. <laughs> it's too late now or something it's like it's he just well, it's not man but like he's maybe the the smartest one of them. <laughs> probably yeah he's like he yeah. definitely is the one who would like quietly have three phds yeah like while they're touring he's just studying in his hotel room every night <laughs> yeah yeah just something else to fall back on so Charlie and then I think inarguably you gotta go Bill. Bill. Yeah. Bill Bill next. And honestly, it's just because I know nothing about Bill. <laughs> He's I know, super into I know metal Charlie's detectors. the lame one. I know nothing about Bill.
1: That's a real thing. Uh he had he currently has a metal detector company. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I made that joke in the first episode and you just went, yes. I And I just and I thought like, it was oh, yeah. that might not be a fact everybody knows no no what's the name of it i believe uh wyman metal detectors <laughs> oh, okay yeah. that's cool um do you think
0: often people went why man and he had to kind of just be like yeah
1: <laughs> that's and move that's... on at
0: parties anyhow and then next i think inarguably you gotta have mick <laughs> Ooh, Mick is no number question. three on your list. I think Mick has to be number three because I think the number one spot is honestly very close between old Keithy boy and Brain, but mm. but I I think Mick's nowhere nowhere near close enough to being the baddest boy. Okay, in that band. okay. See, part of me thinks Keith obviously the baddest.
1: Yeah. Well, Keith did uh, fall asleep under a coconut tree in like 2004 and then uh, had a concussion and then drifted ashore on his surfboard, which um, is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life because he was like 90 at the time. Yeah. He's also a man
0: filled with blood that is not his own at this point. So (laughs) like that's pretty bad as far as bad boys go. But on the other hand, Brian... Straight up died from being a bad boy. That's so. Mm. Which one's more more bad? I think I got to put Brian. Just you know, rip Brian. I think I got to yeah. put him in the one spot. I think Keith right. would honor it. He'd say, you know what, in memory of Brian, the the woman beating guy that he yeah. was. Let's leave him the honors of the baddest boy.
1: Okay, that's a fair list. My list would go Bill Wyman, go? Nick. Okay. Keith, Brian, Charlie's number one, for sure. He's doing It's something. always,
0: yeah, you know, he's he's quiet in the streets, but he's a goddamn freak in the sheets. He, he's got that those. That Charlie Watts. He's got those
1: beady little eyes that you just can't trust.
0: Yeah. I heard one of his suitcases, all of his clothes when they travel, when they're on tour. The, oh, same. I do the same thing. The other suitcase, saws and dildos. And who knows what he does with them. But they're
1: all used by the time they yeah, tours, that tour is. That makes sense. Well, he's an avid carpenter and dildo yeah. enthusiast.
0: <laughs> he makes his own wooden dildos. He needs a. He needs a basis. And when they're on tour, he's always. Yeah, he always needs to see the local flora and fauna, the local yeah. arboretum, to to take some chunks of local wood, that then he can lathe into beautiful.
1: Beautiful, beautiful dildos.
0: You know that that chair George Clooney builds in <laughs> yeah. Burn After Reading was actually Charlie Watts has a yeah. real chair like that, and yeah, the Coen Brothers were like, "We gotta put this in our movie, man. It's too crazy." Only Charlie's was made for him to sit on, not his. Oh, room. yeah,
1: real. That's bad how boy. bad he is.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Anyway, okay. let's get into it, Pete. That was good. <laughs> That's a good ranking. Yeah.
0: I'm surprised that ours are like, somewhat opposite, actually. Mm-hmm. But it makes yeah. sense. I mean, I think there's good good defenses both ways. I think so, too. So go ahead and email us in your rankings of the baddest boys from least to most bad. Yeah. Um, that's going to be at beachboysboys at gmail.com. Uh, we're not
1: creating a new email for this podcast, so stop yeah. asking already. Everybody needs to quit trying. To, so. We, we can't actually get emails um, that you guys are sending in yeah. that are demanding that we start a new email for this podcast because you keep sending it to the email, rollingstones@gmail.com which is not an email that we have. Right. So. I know the
0: Steppenwolf sons yeah. already made their own email and are having you send everything over there, but mm. suppo- it's supposed to be that everything under the Beach Boys Boys production umbrella yeah. is all that's, sent to the same That's going to go to Beach Boys Boys. And... We will talk to them about their rogue yeah. email address. It's not okay no,
1: it's it's it it really grinds my grinds my gears.
0: what other it's crazy how fast our stable is growing. Yeah. We got the strawberry alarm clock students right the thirteenth floor elevator thirst traps that's a that's actually a female one that snuck yeah. in there <laughs> <laughs> one that snuck in there, yeah. It's just wild. And then what's crazy about the Buffalo Springfield boys is they already gave away Crosby, Stills, and Nash to the Crosby, Stills, and Nash cuckoos. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on We've over there. We've got the
1: but... Peter and Gordon guys and gals. That one is a mixed gender podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Peter, Paul, and Mary Oh, what do Muffs. you think? Hmm. What's, the, uh, what's the other group with that pedophile in it?
1: Oh, uh, hmm. Mamas and the Papas.
0: The Mamas and the Papas, yeah i forget the name of their podcast
1: the mamas and the papas people that one's like it's all gender fluid people so they don't want to like label it so they can't say yeah. guys or gap. they just go people which i think is very progressive yeah. of, of the stable
0: i like yeah. it too and you know makes sense because you got a woman mm-hmm. a pedophile mm-hmm. and that other guy in that band so
1: exactly you got to make sure everyone's included exactly and I, yeah. you know, certainly they made sure everybody was included in their love lives. Yeah. You know,
0: and the maybe most niche podcast that is pulling in amazing, huge numbers. Wait, wait, like wait, wait. Almost wait. rivaling the Rolling Stone studs.
1: More niche than the Chumbawomo women?
0: Yes, I would say so. Okay. <laughs> to my mind, the Buffy St. Marie bros are <laughs> killing it over there, man. It's nuts <laughs> how many listeners they're pulling in yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) you like that one it's crazy (laughs) yeah yeah and that doors podcast is pulling a switcher on everybody because they're calling themselves the la woman lads so (laughs)
1: lads (laughs) all right pete you want to get into the stones for this week
0: sure just one more is jerry's and the pacemakers which is hosted by three guys all named jerry (laughs) also i forget what i called them earlier but i'm pretty sure they're changing their names to the holly hounds yeah the hollies podcast that's going on so
1: yeah i believe they were the holly hooligans yeah they're doing a switcheroo. Mm, yes it's like a silver they switch it
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Because everyone knows that they that was really the reason they got famous, is switching it from Silver Beetles. Yeah. That's the only reason. PJ? Peter? It sounded like you were wanting to start talking about the Rolling Stones. On the Rolling Stones Studs, which is a Beach Boys Boys production,
1: but make no mistake, it is the number one podcast in the stable. That's true. Um, It's the original. It will forever be the original. And um, if you don't like it, You know that's okay. Just listen to a different podcast. Yeah, there's obviously a lot out there for you to look up. We just named about twenty. So yeah.
0: You know that SiriusXM subscription with Sixties on Six is doing me some good, man. Yeah, let me tell you. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into the stones.
1: Let's get into.
0: You're ready for this? All right. So we are in PJ 1965. We're in PJ. Yeah. Oh, no. We're in PJ's 1965. And this is a big deal because last episode, PJ, we were still in 1964, so this is a little turnover of the calendar, and this will really blow your mind. Okay. We're flipping over to Jan 65 about the same time we're flipping over to January 2021.
1: That blows my flipping brain, dude.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: It's like like we're the Rolling Stones, but in the future
0: pj this stone just keeps on rolling and by this stone i mean this little marble we call the earth baby
1: big wheel keep on turning yeah carry me home to see my kin
0: um let's see it's actually and actually for any listeners of the band bros out there uh mm-hmm. they're actually in a legal thing with bang bros right now so yeah. they are not on the air currently and that's so sorry they're taking a break uh, they're going to try and come back under a yeah. different name maybe, but they're really attached to this one. And Bank Bros is bringing it to them hard right now. So,
1: Yeah, they they should have made that D look a little bit less like a G. And they shouldn't have yes. used well, the exact logo of the Bang Bros.
0: That definitely hurt them. Yeah. It also, to my mind, just as kind of a creative, outside of the legal thing, just like a little creative rights thing, yeah. like, Buffy St. Marie Bros already got it, man. Yeah. Leave Bros to your Bros. Exactly. Well, and Bros
1: before hoes
0: and Bros before Bros. That's true. All I'm saying.
1: And the other thing that really put the nail in the coffin for that lawsuit was the segment on their show yeah. where they go around in a van and fuck women in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good, but the van
0: is an exact copy of the van that Bob Dylan and the band used to drive yeah. around in, in upstate New York back in 1970. So, I mean, like it did have something to do with the podcast, right. but at this point I would actually say that the beach boys, boys productions are, um we don't have contact with those, no, 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 with no. those people we, anymore. We so. will,
1: we're distancing ourselves. Um, yes, we've never met them. We did not give yeah. them an opportunity to be on our stable of podcasts, our podcasting mm-hmm. network, if you will. Um, And if they say otherwise, they're they're liars. Yeah, I think they might be
0: joining Stitcher Premium.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. So in
0: 1965, the Rolling Stones' PJ had four albums out, man. Yeah. Two two UK releases, two Americans, so not quite as many as it sounds like, I guess. So really um, two-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But for our purposes, four whole albums to talk about. We're going to talk about the first two that came out in the first half of the year. Their uh, second album in the UK, The Rolling Stones, number two. Some people call it The Deuce. Some people yeah. call it A Floater. Some people
1: call it A Flusher. Yeah.
0: And The Rolling Stones, Now, which was their third US album.
1: Yeah, it's crazy that they were doing uh, number two poop jokes before Jackass even did, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. I thought Jackass like, well, you know, between
1: number two poop jokes, but...
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were... They were bad boys, PJ. Like Lug knew what he was doing. He was like, first of all, we're gonna make you out to be these dirty street rats. And second of all, we're gonna make poop jokes as your album yeah. names.
1: Because so, you know what the mothers love more than four men in suits. Yeah. Five men making poop jokes. Yep, yeah, that's right. And that's why the Jackson Five did so well. Yeah. Hey, speaking
0: of mothers, um, just the mothers of invention men are coming back for the new year for, with some more episodes. Oh
1: good. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know they, cause they, they said they did all the albums and I was impressed cause they only had three episodes. So.
0: Right. I think they did. They just kind of played the albums yeah. through the whole episode. Yeah. And then just but like, it was back their back interpretation to back to back of the really albums. They all
1: had their it. own instruments and they were mm-hmm. recreating it. None of them play, but they were trying. Yeah. 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 Pretty close. Um, that I
0: think they're going to move over soon and start being the Captain Beefheart Cads. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. And uh, the Rolling Stones now, by the way, may be interesting, maybe fucking not, PJ. Maybe not. But it has an exclamation point, which That's joins true. the Beach Boys. That's what I was going to say. B- the amazing canon of exclamation point albums. Even the Stones weren't immune. Not only does it bullshit. have an
1: exclamation point, it also has a comma. Yeah, the Rolling Stones. The Rolling
0: Stones. Now, not then, right? Goddamn now. Yeah. So, what are the Stones up to in nineteen sixty-five? I have PJ? been asking myself that for two weeks, Peter. Well, let me tell you. This book I'm reading is no help because it skips over the year entirely. Oh. <laughs> but from what I can infer, no, it just like it's one of those books where it kind of jumps around timelines a little bit. Yeah, Because uh, it's like a history, a chronological history of the band. Mm-hmm. But then it's Wait, intercut of the band? with like, you have the band and right. the Rolling Stones. It's a double, it's a rare double biography. <laughs> um, and then it's intercut with like, with modern interviews with them um, that are kind of in separate chapters. So he talks like a little bit about this era, but it really jumps from like their first album to Satisfaction coming out. So Oh, we're a little lost right here. But what it does talk about are a couple of things. First of all, they're I mean, basically, they're just nonstop touring for all of 1964 and 1965. OK, like nonstop to the point where they are all hooked on trucker speed, Fine. sleeping in the van every night, you yeah. know, doing that kind of thing. like Not not home. Yeah. I think the only time they're staying in one place for more than like a night at a time is when they stop at a
1: recording studio. Hey, we've all been there so, man yeah that was like most of college for me <laughs> yeah dude you, so you, you did you went to University of Phoenix so you could do college from anywhere
0: yes you know. yeah it was
1: all of that but then
0: I would get my computer out at night and get my degree yeah so it was nice um most of these records. Most of these two albums that we're going to talk about um, are put together from more chess record sessions. So they recorded the one time in 64 Yeah. Uh, on the they returned to chess in late 1964 and recorded a bunch more tracks. Mm-hmm. And then they did a little bit of recording in L.A. and then back at their home studios in London.
1: Ah, foggy old London town. That's right. You know, they don't actually call them studios in London. They call them Stibbly Wibbly's. yeah Yeah.
0: oh that's interesting yeah that's fun pj i like it's so nice the international flavor that you living in london brings to this brings to this podcast isn't it um one thing that uh our boy rick talks about in this book um which i'm not going to catch everyone up on because i assume people aren't jumping in (laughs) in the middle of this show um But uh, is the beginning of the Mick and Keith songwriting process. Okay. And mostly, interestingly, why it was Mick and Keith and not anybody else in the band. Because they did not want to write songs at all. So, uh, he posits that it was two things. Firstly, was that they were... As much as they were trying to make themselves not the Beatles, they were also trying to be the Beatles because they were the right. most famous band in the world in the early 60s. Of course. And so they thought naturally, like, our two leading men, to some degree, should be our songwriters. Um, And so,
1: Mac and Keith. Interesting. Gotta be them. That, it, that they... The two front men, according to whomever made that decision, were were, Mick and Keith and not Mick and Brian Jones.
0: Well, there's two reasons why Mick and Keith are kind of decided on to be the front men. Because as we talked about last week, I think, Brian is definitely their most talented member at this point in the the Rolling Stones career. Uh, Maybe tied with Charlie Watts to some degree. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he... um, two reasons. First of all, Mick and Keith were actually like friends and everyone somewhat got along with Brian, but especially once they started touring, Brian became pretty estranged from the rest of the group right. and was just much more intense than the rest of them and was not all that close with any of them. So he wasn't like naturally hanging out and playing music for fun with, with them the way that like Mick and Keith would sit around, I'm sure jamming on a little little mouth harp and some yeah. get fiddle on a street corner gas station while the van was getting filled with with petrol ah. and uh you know just doing the old blues thing uh and then the second thing was that lug lived with them mick and keith not any of the other band members right so it was just literally that he lived with them and could bug them about it whenever okay. he wanted and so not when lug <laughs> is still was in the better. picture yeah for
1: for a while yet okay
0: that I, yeah, see, I got they confused famously I thought, have a different manager later, but
1: yeah, I thought he had already gotten fired within our narrative of it. Uh, oh no, no,
0: no. Yeah. He's very much still with them. Okay. Yeah. He is still at this point, a pretty driving force behind the band. Okay. Uh, and especially telling them to write their songs together. So yeah. they, um, sucked at songwriting <laughs> is maybe the best way to put it. Like right? they were not natural at it. Neither of them knew how to do it or what to do when they were supposed to sit down and write a song. Uh, and apparently, originally, they found they were really good at ballads, which we kind of heard on their first or second album. I forget now, but yeah. their like first song that they've written together was a slow one.
1: Which is um, weird, because you think it'd be easier to write a blues song where you're just like, we'll go yeah. this morning. You would think, PJ, but
0: somehow they don't figure that out until these two records we're going to talk yeah. about today, that they can just do a blues riff and yell over it. Yeah. So they did badge uh, ballads, and most of them they ended up giving to other singers because Luke didn't want the Rolling Stones singing ballads. He wanted them singing, you know, up tempo
1: poppy stuff that would hit the charts. Was there anything crazy famous that they wrote at this point that was a ballad?
0: Uh, So their first tune that they wrote that broke the top ten. Mm -hmm. was the song as tears go by by marianne faithful who i Ah. think at this point was dating mick i think she's dating mick at some point in the mid-60s but she's at least friends with the band through this period um and yeah is in their in their circle she gets she's very famously in their circle in like in the later mid-60s okay okay um so yeah anyway so then, and then the album or the song that is their first one that shows up on an album, uh, Tell Me, is like their fourth or fifth song that they wrote together. Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, and then apparently, this is also kind of interesting, so their songwriting process that they figured out and that they have used pretty much the entire t of their career mm-hmm. is Keith sits around noodling on his guitar until he comes up with a riff. Right. And then, yeah. And then he comes up with this riff, repeats it enough for it to kind of become a thing that you think you could base a song off of. He figures out a chord structure for a song based around that riff. And then he comes up with a phrase like goodbye Ruby Tuesday or honky tonk women. I Mm -hmm. assume, I don't know. (laughs) He comes up with a phrase and then gives that, to Mick, a little tape cassette and a phrase, and then Mick writes the lyrics and comes up with the melodies and stuff around it. Okay. Uh, and then I assume at some point they kind of get back together and make it happen as a full song. Right. That makes sense. So, yeah. Um. What's interesting is so Lug wanted Mick and Keith to be the songwriters, and for some reason, it's a little unclear, Brian really wanted to be to write his own songs, mm-hmm. and did. And, uh, again, it's a little unclear on why this was. I mean, it kind of happened in the Beatles, but they still ended up putting some George Harrison tracks right. like on most of their albums eventually. I mean... But Brian's... Oh, go ahead.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I, they they were always like hesitant to put a Harrison song on the albums, though. Like, they didn't ever really but want it, to. It, it but did it did happen, though. Yeah. And then and he was like... Like, they... He was a great songwriter, though. He's, I think, the second Mm -hmm. best songwriter in the Beatles.
0: But, like, they, I feel like the Beatles or Brian Epstein or whoever inherently Mm. knew that, like, they had to at least give him and even, like, Ringo chances occasionally to get songs on albums. Otherwise, just, like, they were going to get mad at each other and break up. Right. Uh, But the Stones or Lug or whoever did not know that and just shut Brian down whenever he brought any songs to them. Okay. And like very quickly, by like the mid mid sixty five, Brian fucking hated Mick, Mick and Keith because they were like the songwriting duo, and he wanted that. to not even be a part of that, but he wanted some input on songs on the album, mm-hmm. and he was getting pushed to the side pretty fast. And it um, pretty much seals the deal. Once we're jumping ahead a little here, but once they write Satisfaction, and that becomes a huge hit. Like, just seals the deal to Lug that no one else is bringing songs to the table if Mick and Keith can write this sort of gold. Right. And then Brian just kind of slowly starts getting more and more uh, resentful. Uh, One thing I actually did forgot and did not notice, uh, but they they do mention in this book that Lug brought in a composer. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, like a songwriter guy from a record label to work with Brian to see if Brian could come up with anything. Right. And I mean, who knows what they if they were good or not? But Lube didn't like anything that the two came up with. So okay. So it seems like Lube. I mean, fucking hates who knows? Brian Jones. Yeah, who knows how fair the shot was? Yeah. This book makes it seem like Brian did get a fair shot and just wasn't that good of a
1: songwriter. Yeah. But did he? So the thing is, does just, he end up writing any of the songs that are on their albums, or like none at all?
0: that's what i'm wondering cuz here's the thing like he, he might end up with some songs on later albums i don't know and we'll get there when we get there but like by the time you get to like 1967 you don't need to be a good songwriter to be a, to make a rock hit anymore cuz it's yeah. so psychedelic and weird at that point mm-hmm. like you can have like sid barrett be your lead songwriter and yeah. pink floyd is huge right so like maybe i'm wondering we'll see again we'll see when we get to those albums but i'm curious if in their more psychedelic era, if Brian starts contributing more because he's, it sounds like he's a less traditional songwriter, whereas they need, you know, early Beatles kind of pop hits at this point to, to get famous. So, so he might, he might show back up. I don't know. I'll be, I'll be curious. Um, let's see. And then I think a couple other notes, uh, from the book, by we get here. Oh no, never mind. Um, one other thing about Brian okay. that I kinda mentioned earlier, but he like we talked a little bit about he was kind of a wild child even before he was in the stones. He'd knocked up like four women already yeah. and not I don't think cared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um he uh while they were touring in nineteen sixty five, this book has a couple stories about Brian um beating groupies and stuff while they're on tour yeah and um getting more paranoid and you know falling more into drugs and then just like uh let's see their driver and bodyguard beat up Brian at some point over a disagreement which is not a good probably place for the <laughs> band to be um so. Yeah, pretty, pretty interesting. Hmm. Um, oh, okay, Here, here's a good story. So they were in somewhere in the south, Florida.
1: That's not the south. Northern Florida. Oh, okay, that is the south.
0: Uh, I think it's important because they mention it being the Bible Belt, so I'm mm-hmm. assuming northern Florida. Yeah. <laughs> um, So Brian and Bill hooked up with groupies, and Brian beat his up, yep. and she was found unconscious i guess outside their hotel in the morning oh cool um they say found so yeah um so anyway so this is when their driver beat up brian because he was mad at him for beating up this woman and then they were also scared they were gonna get arrested for (laughs) yeah beating the crap out of some lady
1: in a foreign country (laughs) was she being mouthy though Uh, and not in the good way you know what i mean yeah mouthy broad (laughs) yeah
0: yeah it's you know it's possible Mm. uh he makes sure to put in a charlie watts quote about brian being a little prick here so yeah (laughs) so like it's just you know by this uh early period they were already very very uh just glued together this band yeah they could not nothing could tear them apart you could tell that they all they had this fraternal bond. So,
1: it seems like it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. So I think
1: let's get into these albums, PJ. Let's get into these albums, Pete. You want to take a quick break? Let's. T- you know what? Yes, let's take a quick break, <laughs> and we'll be back with the albums. Mm-hmm.
0: Welcome back to the Rolling Stones studs. Hi. Oh hi. How are you?
1: Good. That was um, that wasn't actually me saying hi. That was the noise oh, of okay. the, the of the stud finder going off. Oh yeah. 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 It's That's just interesting. Out of batteries. That's why the noise was so weird. Oh okay. Yeah. It's that run, okay. running low.
0: Well, PJ, we're here. We're gonna we're gonna go through a. We're couple here, Peter. In our we're patented- queer. Get used okay. to it. Yeah. Please get used to it. We're uh we're gonna do our patented track by track. And uh mm-hmm. at the end of it, PJ, a little something called an album rating that people should be very excited to hear.
1: Yeah. I, I think they're clamoring for it. And you know, I would like to hear the boys over at the Roger Miller mates mm-hmm. try to try to do a track by track like we do and a rating it's no. patented no baby. one can no one it's just us no one can um we're
0: gonna do an album rating pj which some people you know how that show what the fuck with mark maron some people oh is that what that love his introductions for? yeah okay and some people skip right over them. yeah well in our show There's none of that bullshit because it's agreed upon that everyone's favorite fucking part of the whole show is when we rate albums. Out of ten, no halves, no numbers are whole only. Yeah, close the gates are bullshit.
1: Open the gates. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: we're gonna be getting there in about another forty-five minutes. Look forward to it. It'll be great. So Rolling Stones number two, released in January nineteen sixty-five. Do you think they were the first band? to do the two naming thing. Cause like Led Zeppelin did it later. I feel like this is, this feels early to me for a band to just straight up use two for their, for their second album.
1: I think at this point in time, nobody gave a shit about albums. Like I feel like people start the next year. 66 is when people are like albums, you know? Right. Um, Albums can sell outside of. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Led Zeppelin had, artistic input in calling it you know Led up in one two you know i think they named it they True. chose the album artwork i think the rolling stones were like i don't fucking care just name it what your record company you figure right. that stuff out it's
0: the know. new rolling stones album it's gonna sell no matter what it's named yeah it could be called
1: the rolling stones
0: take a shit and yeah. it would sell a million copies pj the
1: rolling stones hate your mother that's what it could have been called
0: yeah well that's a little far I, i'm
1: probably. sorry well they don't hate your mother peter
0: Oh, we all oh m- you just mean mothers in general? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, God. I thought you were getting me with one of your classic
1: mother zingers, PJ. <laughs> you know me. I They call me the mother singer master.
0: So this is their second release in the UK. It uses the same album cover as 12 by 5 for yeah, some fucking reason. Which it's is real hilarious. weird. Yeah. it's. I mean, I know that no one who was buying 12x5 saw Rolling Stones number two until like the 90s or whatever. Yeah. Uh, when that shit started appearing online, but it's still just batshit that they were like, yeah, same photo, sure, yeah. why not?
1: That's what I'm saying. They just told the record company, you deal with it, and they were like, we have right. two pictures like, of them. But
0: Yeah. So uh, confusing. I, I will not ever stop being mad at London Records, and Decca, I guess, yeah. is kind of to blame too, but for this bullshit. Yeah. It uses the album cover from 12 by 5 but it mostly has songs that are going to appear on the next U.S. album. Yeah. So, like, even if you're trying to match these albums up one for one, it just doesn't work even a little bit. Yeah. Like, there the was, logical way. It, oh,
1: there God, was I zero can. communication between London and Decca.
0: No, it's insane. Yeah. They so had the phone stupid. for London yeah. right next to the red phone, but they didn't use it.
1: No. And that was. They, Except sometimes
0: they, sh- they did call and ask if they knew a guy who could get them dope.
1: Yeah of course yeah. well and i think the time zone thing really confused them a lot and that's why they never called they had the wall of clocks yeah. but
0: then some joker changed all the labels underneath them so they always called london at like 2- 2 a.m london time. yeah Fogun it was idiot. yeah terrible yeah they thought they yeah uh let's see this one the first album to be produced by lug and lug only Ooh. so yeah it's you know good for him i guess yeah um, and despite its name, it went to number one. Ah. Really tempting fate there. Yeah, I know. It's like you would think they wouldn't want to do that. They'd want to be like the Rolling Stones, go to number one, and then release that album. But that probably wouldn't get to number one. Yeah, karma's a bitch, man. Who who's karma? Uh, let's see. Number one in the UK for ten weeks. That's pretty good. Pretty long time. Yeah. yeah pretty fucking good.
1: That's pretty fucking good. You want to go?
0: Track by track. PJ. Let's do
1: the TBT. First right. one up.
0: Rolling Stones, number two. Oh yeah, track one. Everybody needs somebody.
1: Um, Peter, may I ask you, uh, where are you the most familiar with this song from? I think I
0: know where you're going with this, PJ, and I also had a thought along those lines. So yeah. Tonight,
1: so In my mind, this is not a Rolling Stone song. This is a Blues Brothers song.
0: You know, PJ, it's just. Because who didn't grow up playing that schoolyard game? Who sung it better? Yeah. Mick Jagger or the Blues Brothers? Exactly. And then you just go through every song that they both sang and take your pick. I,
1: I think the Blues think, th- Brothers. Yeah, I think the Blues Brothers did it better. Because their intro makes sense because we we are white to a live us. crowd. Whereas he does his whole little thing. Everybody in this crowd tonight, there's no crowd. It's like a it's like right. a Beach Boys party situation.
0: Yeah, it's actually really weird because like do they even do gang vocals on this track? Like they should at least have the rest of the band in the background, yeah, like, like chanting or something, yeah. right? It's fine. It's a fine song. I like think... this is a good song. It's a yeah. good groove and bass line and all that, but their version is not. Honestly, if I had That's never like... heard the the Blues Brothers version, I probably would be like, This song's awesome. But can we, yeah, just so we don't totally whitewash over this song, can we listen to a, a teeny bit of the Solomon Burke version?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Because I've actually, I don't think I've ever heard it because I'm just so familiar with the uh, Blues Brothers soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, it is your favorite album. Um, uh, like seven-year-old Peter would have said yes. That was one of his oh, two favorite absolutely. albums in
1: the world. I mean... It is. It was my favorite movie from the ages of like 6 to yeah. 20
2: <laughs> That's a long period
1: I'm so happy to be here tonight. Oh. I love a Solomon Burke vocal for sure. Oh my god I did not realize Mick Jagger copied him word for word <laughs> See but he's got the ladies in the background cheering
0: Right Like they need something going on Yeah This is cool. Clearly better than the Stones. Oh, far better than the Stones, maybe not as good as the Blues Brothers. There's probably a live version Solomon Burke did at some yeah, point. That that's probably better. That's probably better than the Blues Brothers. You're probably right.
1: It is very funny that Mick just had to write down everything Solomon Burke said. Yeah, he couldn't think of his own fan. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking loser. Ooh, I like that.
0: Apparently Solomon Burke, I had no idea, was a preacher at some point. That makes sense. Yeah, that's very interesting.
1: Sugar kiss.
0: Oh, okay. He was an Atlantic guy. I was wondering if he was a Stax guy. Anyway. anyway. All right. Not bad. Better Let's than the, get the Stones to the, uh... for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, also, a uh, uh, quick note. We start getting Mick uh, credited for playing tambourine on some songs. So he was playing tambourine on Everybody Needs Somebody to that, Love. That's really embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Down Home Girl with a Mick Harmonica credit. I don't love this this song, but that little guitar riff of just the (laughs) is so fucking catchy
1: to my mind that I. It's it's very 60s and it's very good. I I really love it. I like this song a lot, just like the groove of it is really
0: nice. Yeah. It's a good one. This is a good song. And like coming from Everybody Um, Needs Somebody, you have a groovy start to the album. Like they're in a good pocket here.
1: For sure. I can see why it went to number one. Um, Especially for the 60s Um, However So it starts on this song But for the rest of the album It seems like uh, Keith got a guitar That had a whammy bar on it And he was like Mm -hmm. You know Any 7th grader that gets a whammy bar And they're like What the fuck This is so cool (laughs) And he just used it on all of them Like a little bit too much
0: Yeah this is a pretty solid one Yeah I like that one a lot No you can't catch me
1: very bob dylan-y to me like highway 61
0: yeah a it's
1: an whole chuck berry tune. that makes sense uh, the question is do the rolling stones all all ever have an album at any point that doesn't have a chuck berry song on it i assume not yeah
0: I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but apparently when they were forming the band, so Brian had his own band and then Mick and Keith came to try out for it, right? And apparently they wanted Mick but didn't want Keith and Mick said we're a package deal. And two other guys quit the band on the spot because Brian was gonna let both of them in because Keith liked Chuck Berry more than like some other guitar player and they were like, fuck you, Chuck Berry sucks. And we're just gonna walk Um. out. And they quit the band, like they could have been in the Rolling Stones maybe. Man. Yeah, over Chuck Berry. Do you think they were just racists? I assume, I think, probably. But also, I'm pretty sure they were fighting over two different guitar, you know. Yeah. Like which which old blues guitar, or R&B guitarist was better, so.
1: Right. I like Little Walter. I love the way he plays that harmonica. Exactly. Um, this one's pretty good. Yeah, it's um, nothing amazing. It's the it's the best Chuck Ooh. I do like that. Um, it's the best Chuck Berry cover they've done thus far. Yeah. Time is on my side. Which? Here we
0: go. The uh, the guitar version. Yeah. Last week on 12 by five, we heard the organ version. And then this has a bunch of guitar leads laid over that version. I do like that opening. You know, this is the version I've heard most of my life. I actually think I like the organ version more.
1: The organ version is far better. The 12 by five is way better.
0: Yeah, like the guitar licks are fine. I just don't like the guitar tone on this song at all. No, it's really like tinny. And weak sounding
1: to me. I think it works for that intro really well, but I don't think it works in the rest of the song quite as well as the organ did. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, one of of their better songs, for sure. Uh, Yeah. The organ version is just better. So, what a shame.
0: This is a... uh, Whereas. Oh, wait, no, Heart of Stone. Wait, I'm looking at the wrong album track Nope, that's my bad <laughs> okay. I had our next so album track pulled up in front of me You're right, it's What a Shame <laughs> okay. uh, This what is a a shame uh, Keith and Mick original
1: Okay um, As opposed to the last song I really like the guitar tone on this one
0: It's alright I also but think once this again, is a is really bad song
1: But you're right It's a, a bad song day. But once again, you can just hear him getting more and more jaggery, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, Honestly, not much to say about the song. It's not very good.
0: No. No, but this is like we were talking about when they figured out they could just do a blues song with slightly different lyrics and call it a Mick and Keith original. Yeah. (laughs) So, we got Grown Up Wrong. This ass track off of What did it show up on 12 by 5 I think First I think so Once again Whammy bar
1: Too much Yeah and I hate this song so much Yeah it's really annoying And once again They don't know how to do backing vocals Like They don't have one other dude in this band that can sing
0: Yeah well and it's like Literally just get like a dude who's hanging out in the studio To come like add some depth to the backing vocals Like anyone can just chant like that
1: Yeah but it's like off time, they're backing vocals up to this point, and it's just not very good. Yeah. Down the road a piece. Once again, good guitar tone.
0: Yeah, I like this song. Sounds like Chuck Berry, yeah. but it's not, amazingly.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Really sounds like a Chuck Berry tune. But it's good. Yeah. I do like that he says pianer. (laughs) Yeah, I really like how there's just guitar dripping all over this track. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the drums on this, like... I don't think we talk about Charlie Watts enough. He's a great drummer. Oh, and the piano. Uh, Who's playing the piano? What's his yeah, name? Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. All right. Under the boardwalk, which we have heard.
0: Actually, weirdly, nobody is credited with paying, playing piano on "Down the Road to Peace." Bizarre. Like. On the personnel, there's people credited with playing piano. Just not on that song.
1: That's weird. So I don't know who Um, would have played piano. I don't know. Um, We heard this one. Yeah. We thought it was good. It's fine. I can't be satisfied. Once again, really good guitar players. Like... Yeah, you can't knock them for not being talented. It's just maybe you can knock them for being kind of hacky songwriters.
0: Weirdly enough, even though there's some slide here, this is a Keith lead yeah. and Brian's credited playing per- uh, percussion.
1: Okay. Yeah. He's the one playing those spoons. I guess. Yeah. It's fine. It's a blues song. Yeah, this was when they recorded at Chess, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Yeah we got a pain in my heart this sounds like uh just kind of anybody on stacks yeah
0: yeah the instrumental is good but otherwise i think it's a pretty meh cover i mean when the original is as amazing as it is yeah why bother listening to the stones do it that's a fair point um Oh, I'm very wrong. Sorry. The Brian Jones percussion thing was on Under the Boardwalk. <laughs>
1: oh, Not okay. on the Muddy Waters song. Yeah. Um, I just... I, I understand these guys covering Chuck Berry. Yeah. Right. Um, and like other ones. Why? I just don't get covering Otis Redding. Yeah. And then doing it exactly the same but worse it's just
0: not gonna be better yeah
1: like they have no, no. hope of making it a, a better version there's just no way i've never heard somebody cover an otis redding song better than otis redding well, already yeah. fucking did it because otis is the fucking man yes
0: like not only are you literally never going to get as good of a vocal because he's one of the best singers ever but like yeah. you're competing with stacks record players on the other hand Exactly. It's yeah, it's insanity. Some of the best
1: session players ever.
0: Yeah, it's really so it's fine. But off the hook, this is a a Mick and Keefe original.
1: Kinda Chuck Berry-ish. Yeah, it's kind of like Chuck Berry had a baby with the Beatles, you know?
0: <laughs> they do have a little bit of jangle happening. You know, the yeah. jangle. It's, yeah, Beatles-esque, for sure.
1: However, I will say, all of their stuff up to this point has been produced better than the Beatles stuff at this time. Yeah. Like, because recording-wise, I don't know. Yeah. But... It's just kind of a dumb song. It's fine. It's pretty like nothing special. Yeah. It's middle of the road. And Suzy Q. Little Suzy Q cover. Which we have already heard. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, which wow. weirdly, on Rolling Stones number two, this must just be a weird Britishism. Instead of the name Suzy Space Q, it's spelled S U Z I E dash Q.
1: Like all one word. But also that is with weird. a Z. Yeah, yeah. Um, so listening to that whole album, uh, I'll play that lightly in the background. Listening to that whole album, I I had to check a few times to see if I was listening to the right one because I was like, oh shit, this is the one we were supposed to do last. Yeah, year. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it like the the whole London America or you know England America albums thing drives me fucking crazy. It's really annoying.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it, it does make you feel like I just did. It makes you feel like you're going crazy because I just had the wrong album track list up in front of me while we were listening to it, and it like I thought yeah. it was the same one because I had like four of the same songs on it.
1: Yeah, it's it was ridiculous. right up until
0: a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, one interesting thing to note here is that this is the first appearance of a guy who's going to show up a good amount during the Stones' career. And who also is a member of the Wrecking Crew, who we talked about a lot on the Beach Boys Boys, yes, and also yes, was a member of Crazy Horse at some point, too. Uh, this guy oh. named Jack Nietzsche uh, is playing okay. piano on Down Home Girl and Pain in My Heart, and he is credited on like uh, quite a few Rolling Stones albums up into the 70s, so we'll be okay. hearing him again. It's very um, interesting. Yeah. It he's credited for some reason on this album. <sighs> this is one of those cool jokes that were so so funny in 1965 that now you just like it just kind of goes over our heads. But it was like it really was peak comedy of the time. Mm-hmm. He was credited as playing the Nietzsche phone. <laughs> which is really just a piano huh. recorded slightly differently like with different mic uh microphones and then they thought it would be funny to credit him as playing a new instrument so that people would think the rolling stones had created a new instrument.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, that's fucking interesting. Nerds. Also,
1: they are no better than the beach boys as far as being fucking nerds.
0: Yeah, I have to think they were like i think it was pain in my heart weirdly i think that might be wrong because i re-listened to pain in my heart after reading that and the piano just sounds like a piano so i don't know what yeah. they were talking about <laughs> like there's a saxophone on it which but i maybe, you got me man maybe that was piano man you know? <sighs> yeah right all right Page. uh what do you think you're gonna rate this album The Rolling Stones, number two, to a British listener in 1965. This was only their second full-length album taste of this nascent rock and roll band, The Rolling Stones. What would you think it's worth rating?
1: So if this was the 60s, I'd be like, wow, that was crazy. (laughs) It's a 7 out of 10. Yeah. But this is not the 60s. No. I didn't hate listening to it, you know. And yeah. that that has been the thing so far. I've not hated listening to any of these albums all the way through. True. Whereas sometimes d- during the Beach Boys, I would be like, "Where the fuck is this gonna be over?" And it was only you know, a twenty-three minute album, but it felt like forever because I hated every song on it. Right. Um. This one had some good ones. I would go back and Thanks. listen to two, three songs on this one, maybe three or four. Um, and none of them are like egregiously bad. So I'm gonna say four four or five but i think i'm gonna go lower i think that's fair 10 yeah i disagree with you
0: in that okay i like especially this album leans very heavy on the blues covers and that is rough for me i just find them to be really boring to listen to um they're boring Like i'd rather have the most saccharine over the top songs about like a county fair with like some cool harmonies happening than like a you know acoustic blues song i guess
1: so you 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 kind of feel the same way about the blues that i do about the beach boys harmonies where it's i like guess. that's their whole shtick and i fucking hate <laughs> i guess i guess at least
0: so far uh i guess i was kind of thinking of going with a two but i looked back i mean i don't know yeah i think i'm going at two man like time is on my side is great but I don't like this version as but much as the 12 it, it's by not five better, version. Yeah. And then I don't think I don't think I'm ever going to come back to it. Like the only songs that are that good are their covers of songs where like the originals are or different versions are way better. So yeah,
1: better or I really
0: didn't like this album and was really disappointed after 12 by five, which I was starting. I was like, oh boy, we're getting to some good Rolling Stone stuff. Yeah. And then this felt like an album that very much followed up their first album, not followed up 12 by five. So
1: to be fair, I think um, much like we were talking about Led Zeppelin earlier, I think the beach boys had, er, had this to an extent where they had a lot of creative input on what was going on the albums and they were like yeah. taking themselves seriously as artists. Whereas I think the Rolling Stones they're I don't. Know, I don't think they have a whole lot of input on what's going on to an album. I think it's mostly yeah. Lug and the record companies. So I feel like if they were also like taking themselves super seriously as artists, because right now I think they're just like, "Oh, we're some mates from London that you know we don't like the blues, dude." Yeah. Um, I, I think they would be. I think they were focusing more on touring. Mm -hmm. You know, where I I think the albums were just kind of, you know, we can make money on those. We'll just put out some fucking songs we've recorded. But I think, like, seeing them live at this point would have been fucking killer, I think. Probably. I'm sure it would have been. Yeah. And I hear
0: everything you're saying. Mm -hmm. That does not affect the fact that I think it's a really
1: shit album. (laughs) No, I agree. But I think I'm not trying to sway your album either way. Yeah. I just, or your rating, rather. Um, I just think, like, after 12 by 5 it not getting better, I don't think that's necessarily their fault is the point I'm trying to make. No.
0: Yeah, well, and yeah, and with the ridiculous release schedules that are happening here, like, there won't really be consistent growth from album to album, because, like, they're just taking random songs off and singles as they come out. Just from wherever. Yeah. All right. You want to get to... The Rolling Stones now. The Rolling Stones. I do want to get
1: to the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones. This was Stones. released in the
0: U.S. now in February of
1: 1965. Oh, just a a, a, a a short month later.
0: Yeah, and this will include, I think, I think almost every single song here, ones that we've heard already, whether on number two uh, or singles.
1: Yeah. So, we just listened to Everybody Needs Somebody to Love. Yeah,
0: they throw a short version on this one for some reason, which I guess is better just because it's shorter. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Rolling Stones Now, by the way, reached number five in the US. Huh. And. uh, This is Down hmm. Girl. So good still. It's a good start to the album. They get it. Uh, For some reason, Lug put a note on this album that let's see let me find the actual like phrasing because it's pretty nuts this is the stone's new disc cast deep in your pockets for the loot to buy this disc of groovies and fancy words if you don't have the bread see that blind man knock him on the head steal his wallet and lo and behold, you have the loot. If you put it in the boot, good, another one sold.
1: I think even if the coolest person in the world uttered those words, yeah. I would still wanna kick them in the nuts, like, so yeah. that's so douchey.
0: So yeah, that was on now and some of the number two pressings, but it was like yeah. removed and put back on, and you know, so. Yeah, okay. I assume that's like a collector's okay. item now, probably. Probably, um, You Can't Catch Me Is this the same first three songs? It is, yeah It nice. is indeed the same first three yeah, songs It's a good start to the album And then instead of Heart Time of Is On My Side Because they already did that on 12 by 5 They jump into Heart of Stone so Yep girls that I've known. I don't think this is a good song But I like listening to it
1: I think it's a good song. Yeah. Well, hmm. you know what? You make a really good point though. <laughs> is it a good song? Like Maybe it's not... not. I do It like doesn't like show the I them like this is... song.
0: Yeah. It doesn't like show anything like they're good songwriters or anything. I
1: mean, it's like a pop song where it's like yeah. pop songs aren't good songs, but I like them. That part's great. This part I like too yeah which
0: we have already talked about this song yeah but like it's good i don't know like the listening to this album this week i did not like this song the first time i heard it but now i kind of like it Mm -hmm. oh yeah this is this is the b-side to this also a mick and keith original i really once again they're doing the really tinny guitar tone yeah that sounds really bad to me
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's not. I like It sounds like there are other originals.
0: Yeah. I like um there's some really good kind of like boogie-woogie-ish piano going on in the background. Uh by Ian Stewart. Yeah. He
1: is a really good piano player.
0: Okay. And the next no. song we have showing up from the British debut. Which I check back, it does not show up on any U.S. albums up to now, but they throw Mona on this, huh. which Mona's really good. Yeah, like really I like song. this one a lot. It's just weird because it it feels like years ago, but it was only yeah. like twelve months or something before that yeah. their first album came out in the U.K. So I
1: think the smart move to put it on there because it's a fucking awesome song.
0: It is, and it's interesting that like on the British debut. I feel like it didn't sound that much like the Stones, but on a little bit of a later record, this song sounds like the Rolling Stones to me more. Yeah, I agree. Down the road a piece. Yeah, this is also from number two, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. This is how much I thought it was a Chuck Berry song is that I wrote another fun Chuck Berry cover without checking the songwriting credit. Okay. Off the, the hook. hook, yeah, the mick and Keith. Same.
1: <laughs> yep. Pain in my heart. I That's think me. we can... Oh, baby. Okay. We got a good thing going.
0: This, I kind of like.
1: I'm not going yeah. Have we heard this one?
0: No. I think this is new to yeah, this album. This is
1: the only one we haven't heard so far, right? Yeah. Uh. Yes. I think it's good. I like it. Yeah. I like that, the, like, where the right. guitar cuts out and he. Yeah. yeah I've always loved song. that in the song. I'm a sucker for that.
0: Maybe. Okay, now we have. I truly. Oh, go ahead.
1: I can't wait until the days where they get a saxophone player. I can wait I love saxophone. much like
0: harmonica I don't need saxophone solos. I don't always oh, hate don't them but I definitely don't need them I am the little love it. um red little red rooster yeah we already Which heard this is a single and eh. oh skip to yeah. about a minute in there's some really okay. good slide guitar
1: the dogs begin ball.
0: like that really that
1: tremolo fade yeah. with the slide is wild man. that's like very ball. early slide guitar like muddy Waters. yeah you know it's like, it's like some howls. impressive
0: stuff i kind of assume it's that's brian cool. um and then surprise surprise wraps it up sounds like a ghost yeah it does Yeah, that's one of those slide guitar tones where I hear what they're saying about, like, I don't know, slide guitar mimicking sounds. Right. I kind of like this. Like, a lot. This song rules. Yeah, okay. It's a Mick and Keith original. This was the best song on this album. I think so, too. At some point, we get into, like, a minor chord drop that is really nice. Yeah. There's, um... This part, yeah. Ooh.
1: Ooh. Yeah um, Yeah, it gets like dissonant I like that um, Right I, After hearing that the way that you said Keith and McWright songs It's pretty evident that that's what's happening Because <laughs> yeah. they all have fun names Keith's like, like surprise
0: surprise, surprise. Yeah <laughs> That was when he Took his dick out in the middle of the living room Well, what's interesting is that I listened to both these albums a decent amount in the last couple of weeks between our last recording. And I hated listening to number two, and I really liked listening to Rolling Stones Now. But listening to them back to back, they're almost the exact same album. So I don't know why I thought Rolling Stones Now was so much better.
1: Rolling Stones Now is a more fun album. It definitely is. this one, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Surprise, Surprise helps it. Yeah. Because you, you even said you like the start to Rolling Stones number two. That's true. And then it kind of drops off yep. from there. This one has that start and then just gets better.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. Man, I did like this song a lot.
0: Yeah, it's very good.
1: Oh, man, Charlie Watts is such a good drummer, too.
0: Yeah, so that's that's uh, Rolling Stones now. It's a, it's solid. It, Still... it is solid,
1: and I had the exact same thought that you did, um, uh, where it it did seem better for some reason. Since I feel weird talking over silence, I'm just gonna play the better version of "Painting My Heart" because I also <laughs> just want to hear it.
0: Okay, sure.
1: See, this has a saxophone in it and it's way better.
0: That's true. That's a good point. I love saxophone as a rhythm instrument, but just
1: Yeah, or as That's a, kind of you know, I backing like saxophone instrument. Saxophone but I don't like a saxophone yeah.
0: solo, I guess,
1: that much. No, I can fuck a saxophone solo. I just like it in a song. You know Yeah, I think so I just got
0: really excited at 12 by 5, I think, cuz it had time is on my side and um the other one that we liked off that album, yeah, uh, it's all over now, and so I was like, right. "Damn, it's all over we're now. like it's one of the best songs ever." It felt like, like the next album was gonna be like Beggars Banquet or something, um, right? Because it felt like such a big step forward, and then these two albums were just—it didn't feel like there was any
1: forward momentum. No, it was disappointing um, after Twelve by Five. Yeah, and um, then like, but I, I, yeah. I tried I to look at them independently from the former work you know i suppose but
0: yeah i don't know it's not great i speaking of you know you (laughs) not liking the early beach boys or much of the beach boys but i don't think i like the rolling stones yet pj that's like i get it at all like if we if there was a magical world in which i didn't know that they had other songs after this you know and they were just some band you were trying to like get me to listen to and i'd listen to these like five albums i would be very done be like no they suck i get it so (laughs) there's just nothing like yeah like it's all over now and time is on my side are incredible and then it's like there's nothing else even close to that that's grabbed me and made me want to like keep listening to them
1: right and we'll we'll get into the albums a little bit later that i think will make you more of a rolling stones fan yeah but i mean we're technically yet, like sure.
0: i guess time is on my side is a pretty big hit but like we aren't even to like the famous early rolling stones songs yet which is kind of crazy because yeah. i feel like the beatles come out hot out the gate but um yeah but like satisfaction i don't even know if it'll appear on an album this year honestly i know it comes out in 65 but it might not be on an album till 66 given their crazy structure yeah i think you're right yeah so we're like still a ways yet from like the golden age of even like earlier rolling stones hits so right a little little bit of a fallow period here i guess yeah
1: which you know every band has kind of like early on like a sophomore release or the third release is like usually kind of a dip but true it gets better from here, Pete.
0: I think I'm gonna go one more than Rolling Stones number two. Give it a little three out of and ten. And I think
1: I will do the same. I'll give it a five out of ten.
0: Nice. I mean, yeah, it's, it was. It
1: was an easier listen. It's
0: it's actually a pretty solid album. Like you're right, it's fun to listen to, and I did kind of enjoy yeah. listening to it. But I also really don't think I'm gonna come back to it as an album, or I, I really might. doubt.
1: I My, guess, but I will no, I will we'll always see. pick 12 over 5 over that. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know. To some degree what I am surprised by so far is that uh the US albums so far are better than the British ones, which I yeah. am surprised at, I guess. Yeah.
1: You can you can't trust Brits to do anything. I
0: mean, we'll see too, like later on whether that keeps being the case. It's only the first few albums, but I was Yeah. Uh, uh, like we've talked about, uh, coming from the, the Beatles perspective, I was surprised. I am surprised that like the random compilations basically of the U S albums are still much better than the random compilations of the British albums. Right. So, yeah, it's interesting. Well, PJ, so. it's, yeah. Yeah. Next episode, we're going to get into the, the back half of 1965. They start uh... I, I love the back
1: half of 65. Oh,
0: yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. We
1: have two more whole albums
0: to do. Uh, What is it? Out of My Head and December's Children or whatever. Um. Yeah. Two more whole albums. Maybe we'll hear Satisfaction. That would be exciting. We'll at least hear the story I'd be behind ecstatic. it. I guess, because yeah. it comes out. But,
1: um. yeah. Not on an album, though.
0: It'll be interesting. I'm... uh i guess excited
1: yeah <laughs> you know that sounds so hopeful and i'm glad that you're yeah. uh that hopeful about it pete
0: yeah that's right well now i'm nervous that the last two albums in 1965 are going to be kind of bad as well and we're just going to have a long <laughs> a long wait but that's all right
1: yeah you know we'll get there <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll get there we'll we'll we'll, we'll get there
0: We'll get there eventually. This stone is not done rolling. No. No. Alright. Well, PJ, I think it's time to roll this stone away for the night.
1: I think you're right. We still gotta come up with something better than that.
0: Oh yeah, we had something. Oh, here we go, I got it, I got it. And PJ, it appears that at this point in the episode it's
1: all over now. Yeah,
0: I think I could have said no. that less awkwardly.
1: <laughs> you could it's have But also up. that only applies to like three of their albums that seem to have that song on it. Yeah. I'm gonna say... now we've left no stone unturned. That's not too have bad.
0: I don't hate that. Wait, wait wait, let me come up with yeah. one more before we. Okay.
1: Here, wait. wait, wait. Tell me when you're ready.
0: Are you choosing a different song to end on?
1: No, no, no. Just tell me when you're ready.
0: Okay, I'm ready. Okay,
1: nice. And if you need
0: me, PJ, it's all over now. We're just going to go around and around. But time is on my side as I'm confessing the blues. From my empty heart, at twenty-one twenty South Michigan Avenue. But I'm gonna go under the boardwalk later, because uh, 'cause I've grown up wrong. Congratulations, Susie Q. <laughs> that's the one. That's the that's, that's the, the take, take. man. The
1: yeah. <laughs> see you next week, PJ. Uh, see you next. See you next week, Peter.